Hi, welcome to ReShift, Experiencing Single-Minded, a Singles Christian Community. This is episode five. It's such a, an amazing joy just to kind of come and record these podcasts because I've learned personally so much um, as I record each one and just hearing the stories of each person, each guest, it's like an amazing window of me listening and experiencing single-minded a different way than I normally do um, as a co-lead because there's a group of leaders at single-minded. But welcome, welcome back. Every week I try to do um, a topic based on a word that begins with the prefix re. Today, um, and that is re, R-E, um, so, which means do it again, right? And so today we're going to talk about rebuild. The name of this podcast is ReShift, um, but we're talking about different um, topics every week. ReShift, to talk about ReShift a little bit, it's all about when you find yourself, um, you're supposed to be walking on this journey trail, and all of a sudden something happens where you're kind of, you shift out of place to fulfill that calling that God has for you. And then you realize, oh, I need to reshift back onto that trail. And so I have an awesome guest that we're going to talk today about the word rebuild. His name is Angel Terraza. Angel, welcome. Thank you, Marilyn. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, it's actually an honor uh, to be helping you out with this podcast. Uh, this is the first time I've done anything like this. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Pues, like they say in our countries, mi casa es tu casa, so my <laughs> home is your home. So this is like the home of the podcast studio of Amplify Indie. Claro, so claro. Um, shouts out to them, of course, for um, hosting us. But uh, yeah, it's such a privilege that Amplify Indie gave me this opportunity. And in turn, I get to give this opportunity to other people because there's amazing people throughout the city um, that people don't know about. And you're one of them. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um I, it's interesting because when we first met, it was it was all about doing business together. And for some reason, Correct. it didn't happen. <laughs> and it's okay because your business ended up shifting into a different direction. Yes. Um, but right away, how did it work? I sent out invitations, I know, on Messenger. And I was like, well, let me just invite my friends on Messenger. And I was inviting different people. And I prayed for God, tell me who I need to invite. And I wasn't even sure if you were single or not, which was kind of interesting. But I felt, I remember seeing Angel, well, I'll send it to him. If he's not single, then he just, he'll ignore it. And so um, when you first saw that invitation, uh, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was really interesting when I, uh, I usually don't go on Facebook. Uh, uh, the only time I use Facebook is for my business, you know, whether I'm uh, posting you know, new rates or, you know, liking, you know, other, other people's, uh, postings only because of work. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I, I rarely use messenger, you know, I, I usually just use my text on my phone. So when I saw the, the messenger that it was inviting me to single mindedness, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was weird. Uh, mm. And I didn't think it was you. I thought it was like a scam or something. So I was like, oh, my God, is this for real? Uh, a Christian singles uh, community? I don't think so. You know, they're probably uh, asking me for money or something like that. So when oh, I, so then I called you, 
And I asked you, I said, Marilyn, is this for real? And you're like, yes. And you know what? The funny thing is that I was going through uh, a dark phase in my life. And um, I, I really needed uh, to be part of, of something. And uh, it, it helped me out go through that part, you know, meeting new friends and, and things like that. So uh, it was, uh, it was uh, I, could, I could say that it was God sent. That is so amazing. I think the part that's really cool is that um, when you first showed up, it felt really good because here I entered into meeting all these people and kind of wa walking side by side with them. But then it was like, oh, here's somebody that I know. And the cool part is, you know, I'm Latina and you're Latino. And it was like, oh, cool. I want to kind of I want a wider audience to experience <laughs> single minded. And so um, little by little, I'm starting to see um, the group become diversified. Um, and so it's kind of cool whenever um, some of my Latino guests shows up and um, it just feels like home. So thank you so much for taking the opportunity to join. And now that's led us to this, right, to talk about, to be on a podcast. So I'm glad you kind of took the step. I think one of the things that we talk about as leaders in single-minded is just show up and let God move and see what God does. And I've been amazed every single time, um, every time I am uh just there present, whether it's serving or connecting or digging in deep in the word of God, um, there's these amazing connections that start to flourish and it takes time. And so as we talk about building or rebuilding, right, rebuild, um, there's a process that happens and that process leads to um, an amazing effect. But you have to sometimes it's hard to build not knowing or being able to see the future clearly, right? Correct. Um, that's the part. So let's talk a little bit about what does it mean to build, first of all, before rebuilding? Well, uh, I think when I, whenever I hear the word rebuild, uh, I think about structures. I think about uh, creating something or or recreating something. Maybe something that was there, and then it uh, it kind of fell apart, and then mm -hmm. you have to rebuild it. So it it you know in in this part would be we can we can say that it was uh, you rebuilding your life, mm -hmm. you know after after you know some sort of situation, uh, whether you know it's tragic or 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 not necessarily tragic, just you know, circumstances change in life. You know, how do you, how do you get back to uh, connecting with, uh, with your, you know, with God, basically, you know, you have to rebuild yourself. You have to rebuild your faith and things like that. So um, talking about this illustration of here, we're on this journey trail and then we shift out of place. And sometimes that shifting can happen because of sin. Sometimes it's because of our own sin. Sometimes it could be because of the sin of someone else. Or it can be a whole bunch of stuff that happens, right? We shift out of place. And we're found, um, Shelly, um, from the reset episode, talked about being in the messy middle. And so you're in this weird pro, um, stage or season in your life where it gets so messy. 
And then you realize, oh, so the word of rebuild, um, the definition is building something again after it has been damaged or destroyed. And so you realize, oh, maybe a relationship was destroyed. Maybe it was um, a project or a business venture that was destroyed. Um, It can be a physical house, right? But it can also be be about our spiritual home, right? Our spiritual temple that we have. And so... um, it's kind of amazing. So in 2 Corinthians 5.1, it says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. And so sometimes, you know, we're going to go through those moments, but then we have to realize, okay, this is not the end all to everything. It's not over, right? There's always the part where we can rebuild and there's such a beauty because whenever you build something the second time around, I always feel it becomes better than the first. You have memories and attachments to the first, but the process of rebuilding just gives it so much more because because of those affections or attachments of the past, then all of a sudden you can relate and say, wow, this is the way it used to be, but this is the way it is now. So if I look at the Bible, I think about, okay, there was the law. And the law was very strict, the Old Testament. And then the New Testament came where it was a season of grace. And grace is so beautiful, but we can look back and still appreciate the Old Testament and appreciate the law and the justice of it. But then the forgiveness and grace and mercy of um, the New Testament is beautiful. So I think um, we were talking about rebuilding, right? And um, you brought some really amazing points. So... Tell me what led to the dis- destruction um, before in your life where you realized, oh, now I got to rebuild. And it doesn't have to be necessarily personal things unless you want to share. But um, we talked a little bit about this. Well, one of the things that I've realized is that uh, whenever I get to that, uh, as uh, Shelly said, the uh, messy middle, the, the messy, messy middle. middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, basically when I get there, it's because of my own will. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not conforming to the will of God. I'm doing my own will. I'm making my own decisions. And angel has a tendency to rationalize and to justify just about any behavior, hmm. you know? So, you know, one of the things that I realize is that, uh, uh, I have to, rebuild not necessarily uh my life but my way of thinking you know that's Mm. that's the that's the hardest part uh to realize that my way of thinking was incorrect right and have to reshift my way of thinking Mm -hmm. to (laughs) the will of god (laughs) to conform the will of god you know many a times uh, my ego gets in the way you know and i want to continue uh uh, thinking the old way because it's comfortable. You know, I have to get out of my comfort zone and realize and, and basically humble myself and realize that I was wrong. And well, what do I do now? You know, I have to start, you know, taking action. Uh, you know, and one of the ways uh, to do that is, is to meditate in the word of God and to realize that, you know, God's word is perfect. Yeah, so, okay, so you said a lot of key words in that phrase right now. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, 
you talk about, um, and we're going to call them steps. So in talking about rebuilding, you mentioned the word, you humble yourself, right? And usually it's from the ego. And we had a conversation a little while ago about (laughs) the ego. And I said, well, first of all, Angel, you're the first male guest on my show, right? On the Reshift show. So it's um, so welcome. And I think it's amazing because egos, sometimes I feel personally that, um, and this is not for everyone, so it's not 100%, but it's just the idea that maybe men suffer a little bit more with, you know, bringing down that ego versus women is more their emotions or feelings. Um, and it doesn't happen 100% because both men and women suffer from both issues, right? Correct. Um, but I notice it's probably more of a struggle for men, that ego, and realize you have to destroy that ego, right? So yes. you can rebuild what you need to build. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, uh, one of the hardest part uh, in rebuilding is uh, it's humbling yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, the way you humble yourself is you have to take the ego and put it to the side, you know. And that's the hardest part because sometimes we grow up in an environment where they teach us that as a male, you know, especially being Latino, you know, where, uh, you know, machismo it's mm. you know it's it's something normal my my parents grew up that way you know in my household my dad uh was the leader and whatever my dad said you know that was you know that's what was going to get done mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter what my mom said so you grow up in that way and you start thinking that you know you you have to fulfill certain uh certain aspects uh you know so that you can become you know quote unquote manly person mm. you know and um, so to be able to humble yourself is to take away the ego and to realize that, you know, uh, you're, you're just human, right? And you're, you're, you're allowed to make mistakes and you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to, you know, uh, to, to renew your way of thinking, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes uh, the ego won't let you do that because, you know, there's a certain part of your life that is run by the ego, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So that's pretty much, you know, one of the first steps is uh, to humble yourself and take the ego, put it on the side and and just um, realize that, you know, that you're wrong in whatever you did. And then the second part is to actually, uh, you know, take, after you realize that you're wrong, you you admit it, you know, you take ownership of that, you know, that uh, whatever decision it was, that it was incorrect. And then you try to change the way you think and then you have to put action behind it, mm-hmm. you know, then uh, whether it's uh, making amends or, you know, or just doing certain behaviors a different way, you know. So this is interesting. We talked about that there's a process for all of this that you learned, um, and it's called moral inventory. So let's talk about <laughs> this, and maybe some of this is repeating what you just said, um, but let's talk about the steps of this. You know, what is the moral inventory, and why is this uh, a good practice to do to rebuild? Okay. Well, um, I learned this uh, when I was going through uh, uh, a recovery program. You know, uh, one of the steps uh, towards recovery is to do uh, what's called a moral inventory. You have to sit down 
and you have to write down exactly a moral inventory, you know, what you did wrong, who you harmed, or who harmed you even, you know, uh, and, and realize that a lot of your behavior was, you know, was, was wrong. Uh, and it's really hard to do that because you really have to humble yourself. You have to come to grips with the realization that, you know, your way of thinking in the past is like totally wrong. Mm. And then, um, and then after that, uh, the second step, uh, is, um, to confess it, to confess it to somebody else and to God, you know, uh, and that's, and that's basically taking ownership, you know, of, of, of that, you know, of that part, um, of, uh, whatever decisions that you made in the past. And then the third part is uh, to make amends, you know, to make amends wherever it's possible, except that it's going to harm others. You know, you have to realize, you know, uh, am I making amends to make myself myself feel better or am I making amends, you know, to really make amends? You know, sometimes we could be selfish in making amends even. So it's tricky. (laughs) It is. Yeah. You know, but, but if you take all those three steps, you know, some, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good exercise so that you can rebuild and reshift the way you think and start uh, living a different life. And um, it's, um, you can really uh, learn a lot about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot about your behaviors and why you did certain things. And when it comes down to it, I realized that in my part, you know, my experience has been that um, I was, um, it was all self-will. You know, I was not conforming to God's will, you know, and that's when things got messy, you know, when I was not uh, having God being the center of my life. Wow. And we all go through this. I love this whole moral inventory, right? So let's just uh, put into practice an example. I remember, um, so I'm confessing, my uncle passed away already a long time ago, but he had a candy store. And I remember every so often when I was little, going in and sneaking in a little like Swedish fish, there were a penny each. (laughs) And so let's just say using that story, how can I practice this moral inventory? I realized... I feel convicted. The Holy Spirit is reminding me of something I did in the past. Um, One of the things that I think is really interesting is that the Holy Spirit will convict you to something you did wrong, but the devil or the enemy comes to make you feel guilty. So he'll use that guilt to destroy you versus the Holy Spirit will use conviction to help build you up. And so... um, so let's just say, you know, when you're going through a moral inventory, you're kind of asking God, God, remind me, bring to the, you know, to the forefront of my brain, what have I done wrong? Correct. And it can be something as simple as that. I stole the penny candy from my uncle who's now in heaven, right? And I probably never confessed to anybody about this until now. So <laughs> all of you guys listening, I'm confessing. So I, you know, I, I realized this is what I done wrong. You confess it. Let's talk about ways because I can't make amends with my uncle um, because he's in heaven right now. Maybe I could in heaven, but what can I do about that? Um, What is a way? Do you have an example for me of how I can make amends to someone that I can no longer talk to? 
Well, there's a, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, some people uh, like to write letters. Okay. You know, they write letters and they spill out, you know, their feelings saying, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry, I, you know, I did this. You know, no, obviously nobody's going to read it, right? But, but just the fact that you're writing it down, you're taking ownership of it. You know, you could later on with that letter, you could burn it or, you know, throw it away or what have you. But, but the fact that you, that you wrote it down, it's, it's a form of taking ownership. Uh, another way uh, in recovery, they teach us, well, uh, one of the things that you can do is uh, not to do it again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, re- mm-hmm. you know, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in the church, they say, well, you have to repent. Well, what does it mean to repent? You know, you can't just can't say, I'm sorry. And then, you know, two or three months or two, three years later, do the same thing over. Mm-hmm. And then you haven't repented because you're still doing the same behavior, mm-hmm. but actually repent realize that that behavior whatever it is was wrong and not to do it again you know that's another way of of making amends because not necessarily it doesn't mean that you have to make amends directly to somebody Mm -hmm. but you have to make amends to yourself you know Uh, change the way that you think the way that you look at things and realize hey you know what this is not the way to do things you know and i'm going to change for me not for anybody else Right, but change for me, so I could be a better person. That is so powerful. Um, so yeah, in making amends, and so, what is the process after you make amends? How do you feel? That's it's like almost laying the foundation, right? What do you think? Yeah, it it, it is. And uh, after you make amends, one of the things that uh, in recovery they teach us is that you have to continue is uh, is praying. You know, uh, meditating and praying and, and ask God for, you know, to, to guide you in, in your thoughts and guide you in your life, you know, because, you know, if I, if I repent and, uh, and I don't continue trying to uh, stay closer to God, then what's going to happen? Well, it's going to, I'm going to do the same things over and over. <laughs> right. I know. It's so interesting. So, um, Wow, there's a lot that we kind of covered. Now, let's talk about, um, so you go through all of this, and sometimes, you know, when you come to building, you need community, right? Correct. You can't just build by yourself. No, and so that's where I think it's kind of an amazing tool that single-minded has become to the singles community. Um, how did you feel, or what was your experience about joining single-minded, and what did you get out of it? Okay. Um it was uh, it was a really good experience, mm-hmm. you know. There's um, I met different people, you know, with different uh, backgrounds and different ways of uh, looking at things, and, and coming from different churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I think that it's uh, just the fact that I felt that I was not the only person that was single. Mm-hmm. I was not mm-hmm. the only person that was going through struggles. You know, and I wasn't the only person that uh, that was uh, alone, that felt alone, you know. And there was a community out there of people, and we're all helping each other out. You know, that's that's the that's the uh, the basic. Uh, that's how we all you know go through stuff is we help each other out. You know, whatever my experience. 
you know, whatever my experience can help anybody that, that then, then there was a positive of me going through that experience. If I can share it with somebody and that person, you know, uh, will, you know, will help them out, give them encouragement. That's one of the things that that community did to me. You know, when I, uh, when I was going through that dark phase, I went there and I saw that, you know, I wasn't the only one that was struggling through, you know, loneliness. I wasn't the only one struggling through, you know, bad relationship uh, experiences. And there was, uh, there was people there that encouraged me. There was people there that would pray for me mm-hmm. uh, and would pray with me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that was amazing. That was the amazing part of, you know, this whole uh, single-mindedness community. Yeah, it's amazing to see how um, single-minded has grown. And listening to the stories, um, actually, uh, we might have our first single-minded like couple that are getting married this summer. So it's kind of interesting how people have um, come through the group and then they find themselves, hey, I'm rebuilding. And during that process of rebuilding, um, single-minded likes to talk about that we love to worship, connect, grow, and serve together. And so when you're in that process of doing that, you just don't know what God does. And so one of the amazing things um, is that we have to uh, just show up and see what happens. Um, I want to give it a little story um, uh, before we end um, about what was this whole process of rebuilding. And I remember a time where um, I had a really hard time um, and I was going to one of my friends all the time. I would just show up at her house and talk to her. And when we would do this, uh, she would say, um, one day I showed up and I was crying and I was just complaining. It was just nonstop, blah, 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 blah. This is happening and that is happening and why me? And, and she looked at me and she said, oh, you're bitter. And I said, I am? Oh, well, now I got to go research that word, right? And so <laughs> I did this whole research and it took me about six months to start, and it reminds me of this moral inventory. I kind of looked and figured out where did bitterness start, what happened to me as a child. And as I was praying to God to reveal to me what was it that made me bitter, and I looked up every single Bible verse in the Bible that talked about bitterness, and I started to realize it was a root that digs deep down, and it's really hard to pull out because you can cut off the tree but the roots are there. And I was in, I was determined to remove the roots. And so I went through this whole process. Um, so I love this whole thing that you're talking about moral inventory, because um, part of our, you know, sometimes it's not something that we actually do, mm-hmm. but something that we do to ourselves, you know, inside. And we're growing a root of hurting ourselves just by becoming bitter of something that has happened to us throughout the past. And, um, and I love that at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, I'm not bitter anymore because it took me six months to realize how to pull that root out. And, um, and yeah, it was very humbling. I had to pray and pray continuously. Um, and I had to make amends and realize 
with myself. I probably did it more with myself than going to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you give it to God and you put it at the feet of Jesus, he does this pooling that nobody else does. So we've been talking about reading John 15. Um, I keep on mentioning it in every episode. And it talks about how he's the gardener. And he comes and he cuts off the branches that we don't need so we can flourish some more. But he also takes care of the roots. And so I encourage all of you guys that are listening, read John 15 on your own. It's just a beautiful passage of knowing that God takes care of it all. And um, we just have to be in existence, right? Like the tree is just there, but the tree does a bunch of things, but there's always someone taking care of it, Correct. taking care of it, the gardener, right? Um, that is there taking care of it. So um, Angel, thank you very much for coming out. This was a lot of fun just to hear from your point of view. Um, I want to end it with... Uh, a translation. So since you speak Spanish, there's one of my favorite songs called um, uh, Yo Quiero Ser. And uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot. We kind of reviewed it a little bit. Um, but let's do the translation. So I'm going to say the words in Spanish and then you'll say it in English. Okay? okay. All right. Yo quiero ser. I want to be. Señor amado. Beloved by you, God. Como el barro. En las manos del alfarero. Like the clay in the potter's hand. Toma mi vida. Take my life. Hazla de nuevo. Make it anew. Yo quiero ser. I want to be. Un vaso nuevo. A new vessel. Toma mi vida. Take my life. Hazla de nuevo. And renew it. Yo quiero ser. I want to be. Un vaso nuevo. A new vessel. Un vaso nuevo. A new vessel. So this is my favorite song going to church with my grandma. And I didn't understand all the words, but I used to sing it all the time, not knowing the words in Spanish. Um, and so as I got older and I remember the words, just one day I broke down crying. I started singing the song. And then all of a sudden, since I was smarter now in Spanish, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, now I know what I'm singing. And I was like, God, yeah, you know, if you're going to take my life and make it new, well, that means you have to break the old one, right? Yeah. And so the messy middle, kind of, that's what happens. We found ourselves, uh, we find ourselves in a broken stage, but it's not the end of the story, right? We can rebuild and we can make our lives new. So thank you for giving us, Angel, all those beautiful examples of how to rebuild. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been great. It's a good experience. I appreciate it. I want to add also that. Um, you know, just uh, just the fact that you've gone through that bitterness stage, mm-hmm. you know, and you found out and you pull that root out. Uh, I know that one day you can help somebody else that's mm-hmm. going through the same thing so that they can avoid all that pain to themselves. Yeah. And that's the whole point of it is to share, you know, our experiences so that other people can, you know, help themselves. Yeah, and you never know, like my friend, she went through the bitterness stage too and someone told her that she was bitter and she had to go through that cleansing process. So when she saw me, she was like, oh, she's just like me. (laughs) You're bitter. But she earned, you know, like she earned the right for me to hear her because of the close friendship that we gained, that she can talk to me and I didn't have to take it offensively. I can just listen to it and say, I trust her. She has, you know, she's praying for me all the time. And that's what, that's a good part of connecting with other believers where they can be your accountability partner in life and letting you know where you stray off. 
and then helping you to kind of um, lay, lay that next layer of brick, right? To continue, continue building what God wants to build within yourself. So it's pretty awesome. Yes. So well, thank you for, for having me. I appreciate it. Well, tune in next week um, where we're going to be talking about reclaim. That's a really exciting um, topic because sometimes we realize, oh, there's all these struggles. But then when you get to reclaim something that was lost, it's such a joy. So tune in next week to Reshift, sing, Experiencing Single-Minded, a Singles Christian Community. Thank you. <laughs>